Welcome to the Land Party Lawyers Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of gaming, law, and business. I'm Nick Brown, one of your hosts. And I'm Steve Blickensurfer. And uh, together, we're going to be talking today about net neutrality. But before we get going, we need to remind everyone once again that nothing we say here is legal advice. That's right. We are talking net neutrality today and how it affects gaming and the video game space. And I'm really excited for our guest today, Kevin Murray, who's here to talk to us about the effects that net neutrality and the issues surrounding it have on content creators, event coordinators, and the like in the gaming space. Now, Kevin is a co-founder of GuardianCon, a large charity event that annually raises millions of dollars for St. Jude, uh, great causes. He's a broadcaster on Mixer for Microsoft, and you know when he's not, when he's got so much extra spare time, he's just you know creating extra companies on the side, entrepreneur by by trade. So very happy to have Kevin Murray on the on the on the podcast today. And quickly, Nick, why don't you give us a roadmap for what we'll be talking about today? Sure. So the topic of the day is net neutrality. We're going to talk about what it is, and we're going to talk about how it affects people, and what are some of the arguments for and against it. And then we're going to talk to Kevin about what it's like for people who actually do this stuff on the ground every day. So, Nick, without further ado, what is net neutrality? Sure. So basically, it's the principle that Internet service providers, uh, abbreviated ISPs, treat all data on the Internet equally. And what this means most often is that they won't discriminate or charge based on things like content, platform, equipment, user identity, or method of communication. So what it is, it's the concept that prevents things like internet fast lanes, where one website is treated more favorably than another. One good example of this is that um, where net neutrality is in play, ISPs can't throttle or slow down content from certain websites like big bandwidth users like Netflix. Um, it might make sense if or they Twitch. or Twitch or right. Mixer, yeah. any of these places that are using up a whole bunch of bandwidth. Uh, the ISPs might have an incentive to throttle them and slow them down and allow more bandwidth for other people. But under net neutrality, they can't do that. They have to treat all data equally. Uh, it also prevents them from throttling content they disagree with. For example, uh, advertisements for competitors. You can understand why an ISP would not want uh, to have wonderful streaming access to advertisements that would make them lose money. So under net neutrality, all data has to be treated the same. For gamers, this means that ISPs can't introduce kinds of premium gaming plans, for example, that cost more just to get the full speed access we already enjoy to Steam, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, and the like. And so it also prevents ISPs from selling packages based on content. So to put all this into perspective, we have, we have a great example of, of what this means in Portugal. So Nick, take your take your luggage and let's go across the pond to Portugal and, and kind of see what happens there where there is no net neutrality. My bags are packed. ISPs offer packaging based on what websites or content customers anticipate consuming. So think of it like accessing websites the same way people currently do cable TV. Instead of access to all TV as a whole, they offer packages and you pick which package, extra package you mm -hmm. want to buy. You don't get access to others without paying more. So if you want that extra you know, eSports package where you get access to Twitch, Mixer, and the like, you have to pay, what, the five euros or whatever extra a month. And that's just for, for access to the site where you may have to pay for extra subscription in addition to that. But. So they would, you know, alternatively, there would be a package for messaging, for an example, where you could get Skype, 
uh, and, and certain messaging programs. There will be a different package you'd pay separately to get access to music sites like Spotify or iTunes. There will be a separate package for social media if you anticipate you want to use Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, basically, it's broken up bit by bit, so you would buy access a la carte instead of, as you do now, buying the internet, right? Where you can just go to all these places and see what they have on your single plan. So, so Nick, why don't you bring it home? Why don't we come back from Portugal, back to the United States, and tell me what is the current state of net neutrality here? Because I've heard a lot of stuff in the news recently about that. Yeah, sure. So uh, for a while, there were rules that had, put it, had been put in place, but they hadn't taken effect yet, so they didn't control anyone. But they were coming. They were scheduled to take effect in the future. And these rules prohibited three main things. One, they prohibited blocking. So there was no blocking of any legal websites. They Two, blocked blocking? They blocked blocking, exactly. Right. Uh, they prohibited throttling. So no reducing speeds for certain content, like we mentioned for competitors or any other content they just didn't, you know, they found a bother. And three, no paid prioritization. So that means no fast lanes that make some sites work faster than others. Now, as I said, those rules had not taken effect yet, but they were put in place and everyone knew they were coming. So they were set to come into force in the future. There were some challenges to the constitutionality of those regulations by various uh, entities in the telecom business, but those challenges failed. The courts ruled that these regulations were, in fact, constitutional. And when that was appealed up to the United States Supreme Court, the Supreme Court declined to take the case. And so there is binding precedent that these regulations are in fact constitutional. And so the ISPs had to prepare as though they were coming to take effect as scheduled. But you know, Nick, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, exactly. And so and what ended up happening is there was an administration change and the FCC ultimately killed these regulations in 2017 before they ever came into effect. So although there was no change to the existing rules that applied on that day, they got rid of various requirements, the ones that I mentioned, that were officially set to take effect later. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen here. There are currently court challenges that are making their way through the system uh, that challenge the repeal of those regulations, but those haven't been resolved yet. So the future in this regard is really uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. But now, what we're going to do is we're going to lay out a little bit about the pros and the cons of net neutrality. We're not going to do the traditional 1v1, but we are going to lay out some of the arguments on each side so our listeners have context before we get into the issues with Kevin. Okay, so Nick, I'm going to start us off by talking about the pros in favor of regulations involving net neutrality. So basically, right, what do people say? Net neutrality regulations are reasonable regulations that preserve the principles that make the internet what it is today free access. It promotes the free flow of information by preventing ISPs from determining what information you can see or putting some content behind an additional paywall. It also promotes competition in the marketplace by giving new startups the same opportunities as everyone else. Had these regulations not been in place, we may not have what is now Twitch, what was Justin TV uh, back then. So, for example, you know, an additional example, may ISPs can't censor or slow walk a website or uh, of a new competitor in the space to give themselves a competitive edge. And you know, also it keeps costs down for the consumers by promoting competition, kind of like what we have antitrust laws. That's right. And so on the other side, what people have said against the restrictions and against net neutrality is that at bottom, um, they claim that the internet got to where it is today, remember, without these restrictions actually being in effect. 
which they argue shows that the restrictions themselves are not needed. Uh, other people say that as our society becomes more and more dependent on the internet, we have to make sure that ISPs retain their ability to control their own businesses. And uh, people have said that the re restrictions that were in place, nice as they sound, were heavy-handed and would handcuff ISPs that were just trying to do their jobs and run their business. Uh, another argument against the restrictions is that, you know, from a, a capitalism perspective, the marketplace should determine what packages can be offered and what services the ISPs uh, provide instead of political regulators making those choices. Um, and some people say that allowing these ISPs to offer packages like cable, like the a la carte system that we mentioned a minute ago, it just puts more choice in the hands of consumers about how much they want to pay and what services are right for them. Uh, maybe some people don't care about access to the entire internet so long as they can use the services they like. In that regard, I'll note my grandfather is not a big Spotify user, he just likes his email, and maybe it would be attractive to him to pay less money to just have an email service without all the other stuff that he doesn't ever take advantage of. If you told him our podcast is on Spotify, maybe he would be a member. That's a great point. Uh, he would have to buy that package if, uh, <laughs> under this scenario. And then, you know, the last argument uh, against the restrictions, this is specifically for gamers. Uh, ISPs say that without the restrictions that equalize services, they would be able to create super fast lanes that are faster than the current speeds that would allow for better services specifically for esports and online gamers that would be interested and take advantage of those fast speeds. Now, the audience can't appreciate this, but Nick is, is making these statements and his position with a big Reese's coffee mug to his side. So the biggest. He, he, he's just, you know, full on right now. So they, I think that was a pretty good job laying out the pros and the cons. And so I think we've laid out the groundwork to now talk to Kevin about this. And so Kevin is a, as I said in the beginning, is a, is a streamer, content producer, uh, broadcaster. He's a co-founder of Guardian Con. Welcome, Kevin, to the podcast. We are very excited to have you with us. Hello, gents. How are you? We are doing well. Thank you. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. I wanted to start it off by just going straight for it. So has has net neutrality issues affected you or have they affected anyone that you've you're aware of? Um, I don't know if maybe in, internationally or, or whatever. Is this something that strikes home to you? Uh, I mean, it directly affects almost every facet of everything I touch and every business I'm a part of. So, yeah, this is something that I'm passionate about. Uh, it's it. I haven't seen a direct effect. Internationally, I don't have a lot of friends that are international broadcasters. Most of them are domestic. Uh, and But a lot of the people in the country are very worried about what the future is without net neutrality uh, of our industry. In what way? Um, like you guys were saying earlier, there is the idea that you could charge for a Twitch package. Well, not everyone can afford that. So what does that do to my viewership and my audience? And, right, yeah. And, you know, how does that affect me? People already, as it is, the the big thing that, that I always push when we talk about net neutrality is the companies don't take care of the current infrastructure that they're controlling and that they're, they're operating. So why would we trust them in a private enterprise situation where they have no no one to answer to are you talking about the wonderful customer service i receive from my my cable provider <laughs> i probably have a similar similar situation to you uh good thing i pay extra for business services that i never get 
I actually have a viewer that works for my ISP, and he is the only one that can get my service back up and running within a reasonable amount of time. That's a good viewer I, to have. Heck, I want a viewer yeah. like that. <laughs> well, if, if we have the same ISP, we can chat later. If anyone's listening um, to the podcast and wants to help us out with this, just give us a call. That's right. We could use the help. There you go. Um, so that's how I currently fix my issues with my ISP, which I might add are quite often, or I take to social media and get the pitchforks and the, 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 uh, the flames out and, and rally the mob to, you know, say terrible stuff about them. Now, do you get a lot of responses when you do that? I always get a response and I think it has something to do with because I have a decent follower count on, on the social media where I call them out. And what do they say? Do they, they agree with you? Oh, they, they, they contact me. I, I have still have a billing issue for going ongoing three months now. Uh, that I've been oh, wow. going back and forth. I have a private social media, I don't know what you'd call them, associate that's been dealing with me via email and telephone, and she keeps apologizing to me that I can't <laughs> get my bill fixed for the past three months. So getting back to the topic, forgive me if I can't trust them <laughs> to, yeah. to not to operate in a non-regulated fashion. Now, you know, Obviously, government backdoor deals can be made, but from a legal sense, which is the reason we're here, I think it's better for most. Like you mentioned your grandfather, Nick. Right. Not the best, you know, not the best scenario there if you're just trying to check your email. But even even with net neutrality, I think packages can be created. I think it's just not capping those packages. Um, People have mentioned Netflix and they've mentioned, you know, Netflix slowing down the entire Internet. Right. Well, why aren't the ISPs investing in the infrastructure in the country that hasn't been touched in many years, aside from Google Fiber, which that is even rapidly slowed down uh, in development in places that it was going to be up and running. Uh, there's people that are still living off uh, sat now. What's Usenet Gen 5 or whatever it is, the satellite, quote unquote, high speed Internet. Right. Uh, I feel like at this point. Internet should be considered a utility in a country like the United States of America. I think Finland did that a few years ago. They declared yeah. it uh, a basic right or, or, or yeah. you know, some um, equiv- equivalent standard. Yeah. yeah. And, and I agree with that because at the, at the base, it's information sharing and connectivity at its most basic form. Obviously, plenty of people love Reddit and love to look at cat pictures. But <laughs> what, what about, I actually no, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I, I was thinking, Kevin, you made a comment about uh, your viewers and it might impact their ability to gain access to you. And I think that that's a huge issue and just gain access and quality. Uh, I, I stream, I, I try and run a very professional stream and the platform I'm on allows me to stream at a very high bit rate and a 1080p resolution. Facebook allows 4K, uh, but most people can't watch in 4K, obviously. So 1080p feels like a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I also stream on Mixer, which is owned by Microsoft, which is available on your Xbox. Right. So a lot of my viewers watch from Xbox on their television. 1080p looks great. Uh, Twitch has a cap of, of roughly, some people can access a 7, 8K, I believe, bitrate. Wow. Uh, and the best resolution to stream on Twitch, in my opinion, is 900p. So people want to watch at these good qualities, especially uh, like Anthem just came out last week. Brand new game from BioWare. Gorgeous game. Wouldn't you want to see it the way the developers meant it to be seen if you're checking it out before you buy it? Well, that gets into my next question is how do you suppose uh, net neutrality is going to affect the other side of the industry, the game developers? And I think that that point is well taken. It's going to affect the 
way in which their creation is 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 um, consumed, right? Uh, yep. Through uh, a very big medium, which is through the streamers, through uh, maybe gaming competitions seen online, and the, if you're watching it, you know, in, in 720 or 480 or whatever, much lower than what it should be seen at, uh, that's obviously going to affect your ability to say, eh, you know, that game, it looks okay, you know, I'm not wowed by it, because you're not really appreciating the, the depth of the game, um, and perhaps that's that answers that question, but do you see any other impacts? Roughly 60% of viewers watch on mobile anyway. So 480p is, is a good thing on mobile. But once you start to dip below that, you know, it gets worse and worse. Also, a lot of people don't want to use data when they're watching. They wait for Wi-Fi. Right. Um, and a lot of Wi-Fi connections can't even handle 480. Yeah. So people are watching at lower resolution. I have people that watch on audio only. As far as the devs go, um, I think it plays more to them in their ability to create online environments. Uh, and multiplayer, especially with battle royales being the thing now. Yeah. Um, what is that going to do if if the ISPs start jacking up prices and and creating these packages that are you know you can have this high speed at five hundred five hundred let's say, but it's going to cost you four hundred dollars a month. Not not to mention right that games are getting you know bigger right the download sizes yep. are bigger and they got more yep. and more. They got to support more resolutions and they need high resolution textures. And so the sizes are going up. So you'll need to actually download a bunch more just to get the game in hand, let alone then to play it and then stream it onto others. So it seems have, like it would only just be exponential, right? I have people come in and say, you know, new releases the next day. And they're like, All right, I'm going to start my download now. It's a 50 gig download. I should be done by the time I wake up. Yeah, right. So I feel like we don't even have the infrastructure that we should as as you know the country that we are and and now we're talking about throttling that and offering packages and it it gets really muddy and messy how would that affect something that you do that's near and dear to your heart like a, a an event uh, let's specifically guardian con because i think that you stream that live and so how yep. would that affect that event well, we our main fundraising is through Twitch. So if you didn't have the Twitch package, you couldn't watch it. If you couldn't watch it, why would you bother wanting to donate to St. Jude? Uh, and it would directly affect, you know, our ability to fundraise for St. Jude. Not to mention plenty of other events like Games Done Quick, which is done twice a year, uh, benefits uh, a few different charities. Uh, there's uh, Extra Life is another one. There's all of these charitable things going on in our space and it's growing and it's getting bigger and the dollars are increasing and something like this comes along you're really going to cut the legs out of out of the fundraising that can be done and not to mention the positivity because gaming has such a negative connotation in the news now uh people are especially people that love gaming want to connect to something positive right and if you cut the legs out from underneath that and you know diminish that via caps and and not you know any any without net neutrality any isp can just be like well you have to now pay extra to access twitch because we know how many people are going to twitch every month so you have to pay extra and would would you as the event coordinator need would it, it would end up costing you more to put on the event so not just would you not get as much advertisement via you know twitch but also, then the people that do see it, you know, some of that money would have to go to the infrastructure costs rather than the charity? Well, our fundraising, all of the money goes directly to the charity. The event is paid for by the attendees. 
through ticket sales and things like that. Would the ticket prices go up then if you had to pay extra for higher? You know, I would say yes because we our package usually demands because we do esports events and things mm-hmm. at the physical event. So our package usually for internet for us to create is usually very expensive. I could see the um, IT companies in these spaces that we work in not absorbing the cost and passing it off to the customer. Right. So I would say yes. And the the price increases in in internet when it comes to events is I, I, people won't people don't believe me when I show them the bill after the event uh, last year we processed it and. Uh, the, one of the people who worked for me was like, this is just for what we got in internet. I said, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> yeah, it. I probably bought so, it without paying that bill. <laughs> yeah, we we would end up biting the bullet. The There's no way that the company that provides internet, and usually it's contracted within a venue, so you only have one choice and one place to go, and that's it. Um, well, I can imagine these same problems are going to exist for any esports competition. It's just going to raise the cost of doing business. And yep, so same that, exact thing. that cost, instead of going to a free sporting event, which I imagine most of them are free now, I don't know for sure, but then you're going to start to have a, a, a ticket that you have to pay to go in for, you know, menial ones that are not that big of a deal, uh, but they are yep. for a particular game. And, you know, the community that's trying to establish a, a growing, you know, enthusiastic base is going to take a hit. You know, you're going to have uh, it's kind of a trickle down effect in, in that regard, I, I would imagine. Yeah, it's it's I feel like the gaming industry as a whole is heavily dependent on something like net neutrality to to stop ISPs from taking advantage of such a technologically advanced society, for lack of a better way of putting it. Right. So what what do you say uh, to the people who's, you know, ISPs who say, you know, without net neutrality, we can open up super fast lanes that are would allow even better services for esports and online gaming? I mean, what, what do you think about that? I say at what cost? Mm-hmm. That is the first thing out of my mouth because not everyone can afford what they're proposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing is is you can't manage what you're doing right now. So now you're going to create packages for super fast lanes. And then when you can't meet those speed, because I'll tell you right now, I ain't getting the speeds that I paid for. <laughs> and I'm, I, I paid extra like. to have my, my house built with hardwired lines in it. Yeah. So you're going to tell me and sell me a package when you can't even meet what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important for um, those people to understand that we are dissatisfied with what they're doing now and that to ask them to trust us, trust them further is ridiculous in my opinion. <laughs> So, so Kevin, if I were to take every now and then I whip out my crystal ball and I hand it to who we're talking to, and I'm handing it to you right now. So if, if you were to look into your crystal ball and ask where is the industry going with or without net neutrality with respect to connections and things like that, do you have any, um, any predictions? Uh, I think there's two scenarios that play out there. One would be with. Uh, I think it can thrive. It can grow. I think it will grow beyond gaming as it's already doing. Um plenty of other industries are starting to use the live streaming space that's true uh, yeah you to see it do other now. things well one example and it's a little ridiculous but one fun example is professional wrestling is really utilizing streaming right now really and it's it's having a positive impact on that industry yeah, i know this. it's a weird example 
but I feel like it's a good one. And that's it's cool. Relevant. I didn't know that. It's actually a success yeah. story uh, about yep. how it's just re-injected new life into this sport uh, and yep. engages community through live streaming. Yeah, probably in no small part because it's you know it's cheap and easy if you have internet to be able to just turn on the stream instead of having yep. to go to an event or find out you know you know watch pay per view or something like that. Right. The NFL is doing it with Thursday Night Football on on that's right on Twitch because it's owned by Amazon and. You know, MLB's doing it on Facebook. They they're testing live, so there are success stories to be said outside of the gaming world that live streaming is the future. I feel like if you impose packages and fast packages, you're not catering to the broader audience. Uh, if you are the NFL or you are a professional wrestling promotion or you are a game dev, that's going to hurt how you're reaching people now. The real nitty gritty of that is there's money being lost in the TV world. So how is, you know, if NFL starts shifting games over to the Internet and live streaming because it's fun to watch a game with a chat room, what does that do for the NFL Network or CBS that usually carried Thursday Night Football? And I feel like there's there's an exchange there and there's some people that are not happy with how that would play out. So looking into the future, I feel like there's a battle there. Yeah. Clash of the Titans. Well, you may have some powerful allies. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we definitely don't know where this is going, um, but there are certainly going to be po- problems uh, for gamers. Do you know of any organizations that are gamer-centric around the net neutrality issue? None specifically. There's been a lot of petitions floating around. I don't think anyone's really going to go for it until one of the ISPs tries to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think the ISPs are way too scared to do anything right now. Yeah. You're talking about companies that have you, you look at their ratings online as customer satisfaction and I don't I most don't even push a 3, maybe a 2. Scale of 100, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um to start introducing packages like Nick was saying before, um you could have protests at this point like Real it's pi- bad. I will literally take my pitchfork out of my closet. My closet's small, but I've got a pitchfork in there. You want to you want to see a group of people learn how to tether through their cell phone on unlimited data plans quickly, <laughs> right? Exactly. Introduce a fast you know plan and throttle the rest of your customers and see how that works out. So I think they're too scared to make a move uh, and introduce something like that. Um, but we'll see. Uh, two years, you know, society is very forgetful, and someone may try and slide another rug when no one's looking, and I think that's when you'll see activism. And, groups of people you know internet is a right and so on and so forth well that is fascinating it's really interesting to hear from someone who's on the ground and knows all about this because you're wading through the business every day uh so thanks so much for taking the time to sit and talk with us about this kevin it's really uh fascinating issues and we appreciate your perspective so so kevin why don't you uh give us your handle where can people uh connect to you if they want to connect to you um kevin x vision on twitter kmagic 101 everywhere else uh mixer is where i broadcast uh monday through friday around 9 a.m eastern every every day that's where you can find me and if they're if they're kind of low on the caffeine level uh where can they find (laughs) where can they find your delicious coffee i do own a coffee company it's called king's coast coffee you can go to kingscoastcoffee.com i did a little bit of research on that and i can assure you that it is delicious (laughs) well kevin thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate it and uh you have a good one Thank you, guys. Appreciate it's a pleasure. it. We're looking forward to Guardian Con. And I'll Nick, see you there. I, I feel like that was a successful uh, and informative interview, and I don't have anything else unless you do. 
that's all I've got, but uh, keep keep a lookout for other podcasts. We've got more episodes coming up on other issues that affect gamers in the uh, legal and uh, business arena. Until next time. Game on. Game on. And we're back. One more thing before we go. We're here with a special segment that we like to call the Extra Life. Sometimes after we record an episode, there are other developments on the issue, and we wanted to make sure to bring them to your attention. And so here, we just told you in the episode that the future of net neutrality is uncertain, and that's absolutely the truth here, because after we recorded the episode, the United States House of Representatives actually passed net neutrality legislation. It's called the Save the Internet Act, and it basically would prohibit blocking and throttling web traffic and would characterize broadband as a service open to regulation. Uh, But it's expected to die in the Senate, which we all know is controlled by a different party. The Senate leader actually called it dead on arrival. And even if it somehow passes the Senate, we understand it faces another hurdle from the executive in the form of a veto. So it may not go anywhere, but we wanted to let you know that there's been action on this issue. The other thing we wanted to tell you is we talked about some litigation that's challenging the repeal. That litigation is still ongoing, but we hear we may be able to see a decision in that case as early as summer 2019. That's the extra life, but keep uh, an eye out for how these net neutrality issues develop over time in the future. And in the meantime, game on. Game on. You've been listening to the Land Party Lawyers podcast series with Steve Blickensturfer and Nick Brown. To learn more about our e-gaming and esports practice, visit carltonfields.com. This podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only and should not be relied on as if it were advice about a particular fact situation. The distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship with Carlton Fields. Thanks for listening.